at SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. Well, lots of conversations at the moment around school fees, and some schools have put up their fees quite dramatically. I know you may want to know the name of the most expensive school in South Africa. It's the American International School. Uh, it's a, quite a huge amount of money to send a child there. Lots of other private schools that don't even come close to that amount of money. Uh, some schools have put their prices up quite dramatically. Someone who's been looking at this is Andrew Thompson. He's a freelance writer for Business Insider. Andrew, good morning. Morning, Stephen. And uh, just to clarify, I'm no longer with Business Insider. That's closed. So uh, all of this will go on tinychart.co.za. Okay. Uh, so you got so you got your advert in there very quickly. Andrew. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's clear. That it's, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so, no, no, no. For the last few years, I've been tracking it quite closely. And it's, it's always fascinated me how um, how this stuff has, has varied over the years and, and continues to climb. Well, we do see... Um, for some schools, quite big above average uh, average inflation increases. How do schools justify that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is, uh, I think it's, it's important, first of all, to divide uh, private and, and public schools. So I think uh, the the private schools process is a lot more sort of behind uh, behind closed doors and it's kind of a, a potentially a more profit-driven or sort of business-orientated decision. And then on the government side, it's it's much more of an inclusive process school governing bodies and, and seeing what parents can afford. So um, I think a lot of it is is based around um, affordability and, and what what's going on in the economy. But by and large, what I've seen is private schools are, are at the top end of the scale and the top end of the top 10 are, um, are often using it as something of a marketing tool that if you're the most expensive, you uh, potentially perceived as the best. And I think that's an intriguing aspect for it uh, for me as well. Um, um, I've taken part, uh, you know, I have a son who started high school last year and to discuss with my friends, with my colleagues, um, you know, the issue of high school, I find one of the most interesting and complex discussions that people have. And I think that's because it, a lot of it is actually about the aspiration of the parent. <laughs> it's, what that, it's how the <laughs> parent views themselves rather than, you know, very few people, I think, sit down and try and be rational and say, my child is like this, therefore this is the school. Instead, they're saying, well, I want to be like this. I want to be this rich or I want this is my identity. And therefore, the child must go to that school. Uh, do you find the same thing? Yeah, totally. Um, and I think a lot of it is also that sort of history and heritage and that, that uh, associated prestige. So I think a lot of the times when parents have been to a certain school, they know what it's like. They, they want their kid to go to that school. And, and that's understandable. But it's also interesting to note how much those schools have increased over the last you know, 10 or 20 years since the parents were at the school, maybe, uh, you know, it's it's dramatically higher. And that's, that's an int- intriguing one for me, because I think often parents then overstretch themselves in order to give their, ch- their children the same sort of experience that they had at, at the same school. Um, and these days, you know, the, as as you've mentioned, some of the most expensive schools are, are well over 200,000 rand a year. And I think that's uh, significantly more than they were, you know, when when we were at school. <laughs> I'm not going to ask if you were at school, Andrew. Um, I mean, in some cases, I think it's, you know, when someone asks you how much um, did you pay for your house, what they're really asking is how rich you are. Um, mm. When someone says, what school are your children at? What they're actually trying to do is place you in society. Yeah, I agree entirely. And I think, interestingly, I think it also happens at the government school level. So there's also some sort of prestige and elitism within the government school bracket. Um, but that definitely plays out most in the uh, in the elite um, private schools, for sure. There's a fascinating dynamic where it seems that boys' schools cost a little bit more than girls' schools. Now, I'm prepared to admit that, you know, certainly I was a teenage boy and I would not have liked to teach myself. But is there any justification for that? 
I, I can second that. I was a terrible uh, student. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm no education expert, but I don't know the, the difference and the, and the exact reason. But it does fascinate me that every year that I've tracked these fees and tracked the most expensive schools, um, there are very few girls schools, particularly in the in the government bracket. So the the first most or the most expensive girls school comes in at, at number nine um, in the top 10. Um, and and number 10 is, is another girls school. So there's definitely a trend, um, but quite exactly why that is, I'm not sure. I think perhaps it's also a historical thing that historically the girls schools were cheaper um, and fees are, are only going to be incremental. So um, unless there's sort of a dramatic increase at the girls schools, they're always just going to be a few years behind in terms of those um, in terms of those fees. But absolutely, I think it's it's about ten thousand rand cheaper to educate a girl at the most expensive government schools in South Africa. Sure. So we spent less money on girls' uh, education a hundred years ago. So we're going to spend less money on girls' education <laughs> yeah, now. Maybe, I mean, it's yeah. amazing. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I find interesting about schools and education is there's an inherent conservatism that in fact this is a sector that doesn't change very quickly now i say that in the last 20 or 30 years we've seen dramatic changes um that we have seen for example um that you know they're, they're a lot more independent schools than they used to be and they're not sort of older to what you know what people see as the sort of traditional private school i'm talking about someone running an independent school out of a high-rise building in hillbrow that sector's developed dramatically are we seeing a, a change in the way that people value education people are saying well you know if i want to take my child out of government school i will i'm going to go for something that may cost exactly the same but it's just slightly different in other words there's sort of some changes that we're seeing that aren't often discussed very much yeah absolutely and i think the the next sort of spin-off article that i must definitely follow up on is is the rise of online schools as well um, and i think those are also filling that sort of niche between parents who are rightly or wrongly concerned around government schooling and they're looking for the perceived safety of a private school and i think often what's happening is there, there are these businesses that are set that are setting up to attract some of those parents and it's those exist sort of below the the threshold of the most expensive private schools, but they're they're just as you say a little bit higher than than the average government school. So they sort of occupy that that Goldilocks place in in between that offers some safety and security. And I think in many cases there are a lot of online schools that are stepping up into that space that are that are offering pretty compelling products, slightly new models and different sort of approaches to schooling, different types of teaching, different types of education, um, and and basically with the use of a of a laptop at home. So. I, I think the space is definitely, especially since COVID, is, is sort of ripe for disruption. And I think there are a lot of tech startups in particular with sort of seeing the dollar signs uh, possibly more than the than the love for education signs. Hmm. I would have to agree with that, I'm afraid. I'm not <laughs> sure how much about, of it is really about education. Um, mm. We live in a difficult time. The, the economy seems to be doing quite badly. And yet it seems that if as a school you have a name to trade on, you can almost charge what you like. I think that's that's basically what I've also discovered with my um, with my research over the years is that there are schools that are just consistently expensive. Um, I did track these fees during COVID, and and to most schools' credit, I suppose they had little choice. Um, they they offered very muted increases, but almost as soon as they could again, the increases were back up. So you know, most of the most expensive schools are sitting at easily seven to ten percent increases or seven to eight percent increases, um, which it's pretty steep when when you're looking at a rand value equivalent of 16 16,000 rand uh, per year increase and that's not that's not small and so i think 
I think there is this sort of, you know, charge it and they'll come uh, experience with, with most of the private schools. At a government school level, um, the fees are, are also not that much lower. Um, the most expensive school for, uh, for next year is, is easily charged 7-8% uh, more than they did last year. So it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confusing world and I think often it's just a case of, of that sort of elitism or we'll, we'll just keep towards the top of the list in order to add it to our marketing collateral. I suppose the issue in the end, when you get right down to it, is the difficulty in valuing education. You know, mm. uh, you can value a, a, a loaf of bread relatively easily and there's a lot of competition in the market and you know what goes into it and you know how it's made. With education, there's that flash of insight that can change the life of a learner uh, for good or for bad. Uh, there's that moment where, uh, you know, a small intervention by a well-meaning uh, teacher can have such a profound influence. I can think of certain examples in my life. I can think of plenty of people I know who say that their, their life was, was made a lot worse by, by bad education. In fact, I can think of many people who I think have been betrayed by our education system. Is there a problem with valuing education? That's what makes this such an interesting conversation, I think, is that it's actually quite hard to put a value on it. And even if you spend all the money you have on education for your child, you're still not guaranteed of a good outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think each, I think there's, there, there are sort of perceived notions within certain circles around what, where the value is extracted from a school. Um, I had very similar experiences to you that I had some teachers that really stood up for me and, and helped me through a process that if they weren't there, you know, I may not have, I may not be um, where I am today. So it's, I see the value in it, but I also feel really deeply for parents who, who are pushing the limits on their, on their annual budgets and their annual salaries. Um, and putting most of it into this education uh, in this sort of almost desperate hope that it, it yields rewards. And I think uh, the importance of education is not understated in this country. And um, even the even the most expensive uh, government schools are really pricey for parents to afford. And I, I have so much respect for parents who are out there um, working very long, hard hours to, you know, to afford these schools, um, often in the hope that that, that school is going to deliver the, the rewards that they've been promised. Andrew Thompson, thank you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think there's so much to it. Um, it's really interesting to see how people value an education and how difficult that is, already getting a response to it. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, Andrew Thompson's a freelance writer at, at Tiny Charts.